0: go to the next slide here because i want to uh i put this up here tell us this is this is part of his story so tell us how these locations are part of your story that sounds pretty good he capture. is that on there is this on i think it's on hold on yeah it's on so why don't you just tell us what how those yeah, can you hear me now can you yeah. hear
1: me without the mic
0: uh, the mic's probably oh, better, okay yeah. you need the mic
1: yeah. all right so, you probably if, I, if uh, Matt did not have uh, the map up there, I would ask, the, okay, wh- where do you think I would have originally been from, right? It would said probably India, and I have never been there. Uh, my <laughs> 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 it's uh, been uh, my uh, great-grandfather left in the late 1800s, uh, you know, when the British, uh, there was a British colony, and uh, he went to Kenya, and uh, then he went back, but my grandfather stayed. And therefore, the history we have uh, here is that uh, at that time, it was all the Indian subcontinent. So even my parents are born in uh, Kenya. And uh, and, uh, so that's where So you were
0: born in Kenya.
1: That's right. And uh, I came here when I was 12 with my parents uh, to Muncie, Indiana. So they're not too far away from it, which is fortunate to have family close by. And then... uh, So I've been in Indiana actually since uh, 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 1976. So the 200th anniversary of the independence. uh, So it was good to see the fireworks and all talking about Fourth of July. Yeah. Right. So.
0: Yeah. When I first met him, I said, "So where are you from?" Muncie. I'm like. That's not right. Wrong answer. Where you're really from? So anyway, that's why I put that up there because it helped me kind of unpack the
1: story well, a little bit. Well, I just didn't relate the story. Just talking about so I was in in uh, Martinsville. You know, the gas is usually cheaper as you're heading to Indianapolis. So it, yeah, I was spending gas, and the attendant asked me, "Are you from India?" It was from, He was from India, he's, and I said, "No." And he's looking at me. He said, "You look Indian." <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so
0: now, and I and I asked you too. We talked about this this week. Uh, Typically, when we think of India, we think of Hindu, but you said tell us what, tell me what you said about what there's a significant number of
1: so Muslims. within uh, the uh, in, in, you know the Indian subcontinent I would refer to and i say Indian subcontinent because uh, my my great grandfather uh, was from what is India today, and my mom 's side is actually from what is in uh, Pakistan today, so therefore refer to it as as uh, the you know the Indian subcontinent because the Indian subcontinent at that time consists of several different countries right uh, the uh, so the predominant religions there are, which is Hinduism, and then uh, uh, Islam, and then Sikhs, are, uh, at, are the predominant ones in, in, the, in the Indian subcontinent. Okay. And there are actually, for comparison of the countries, there's more Muslims in uh, India than there are in Pakistan. But yet, you in know, a percentage wise, it's smaller. But India is a much larger country, so in population wise, I think. Um, Maybe close to China there in terms of population. So, okay. And to, uh, is it today or yesterday marks the first day of Ramadan? Uh, it was yesterday. Started the month of our fasting. So month of fasting from dusk to dawn. Dusk to dawn. I, I
0: told him ask if he wanted to coffee, and he said, "Well, he's fasting dusk to dawn." And uh, Ramadan backs up ten days every year. And think about what time of year it is and how long the days are right now. So he was That's saying, fine. "Yeah, it's kind of a bummer." When Ramadan falls in June.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> well, last time it was this time, I was uh, in high school, I think, at that time. <laughs>
0: so when Ramadan's in December, you're really happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> does, does, does the... What's that?
1: You yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going on, am I on? Hello? Is it on
0: now? I can just talk loud. can I do anything.
1: Well, get Matt's getting the mic on. I just wanted to thank him for uh, giving you know inviting me and giving the opportunity. I think that's great that he's uh, you know reaching out to better understand. It would be a much better world if we tried to better understand each other, you know, regardless of what uh, we you know what our beliefs are. So,
0: okay. He's gonna, once you give another, I'll keep talking. Um, uh, Zahid has two. You have a daughter at South now and a daughter at Purdue. Um, uh, You go to South and you know somebody with the last name of, is it Din?
1: uh, Dean. Dean. Yeah. So I I would say it would have been nice to have her go to Purdue. That's where I uh, graduated, but she's uh, at IU. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, um, so. we talked, he and I, have had a couple times we've met over at, uh, over at Panera Bread, and so, um, in a nutshell, Islam. If you, many of you may or might not know, started like in the fifth or sixth century with Muhammad, and we're not here to do history of Islam. But there's three primary questions, and also I'll just start off with the first one here. And the, and the first one is, um, according to uh, your understanding of Islam. What's the good life? What do you hope to aspire to? Like by the time you die, what do you hope changes in you? What's, what do you want to be and what's the good life? How do you become a good person?
1: So uh, Islam, uh, which, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, there are five particular pillars in Islam. So within those five, achieving those five pillars is leading a good life in a sense of being a, a Muslim, right? And uh, Muslim and means? So Islam means Islam. submission. And those who submit to the religion are called Muslims. So you'll hear different versions, you know, uh, Muhammadism or Islamism, but it's it's, – Yeah, a Muslim is the accurate is the one who submits uh, to Islam. So achieving those tenets. So those what are those tenets? Is the what we call the Shahada, the uh, you know acknowledging God and 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 the Prophet Muhammad. And then which we're talking uh, the prayers. uh, We have five daily prayers, right? And then uh, we have uh, the month of fasting, uh, which is ongoing right now. And uh, so you think about the month of fasting and what you're trying to being a a good person. It is just not from just a restraining from eating. It's actually learning to manage to control your, yourself. Yeah, and uh, I was just relating earlier to someone, you know, it's as you get the day gets you know, later part, you know, you can become a little irritable. Well, When you're fasting. Uh, when you're fasting. Well, it's learning to control that. Well, the other big part of it is being able to relate to those who are not as fortunate as you are, who may be hungry around the world, and, you know, how, what they go through. And sometimes when you some, see somebody out in the street who is irritable or, doesn't look that well kept and say so that kind of helps you make a reflection on that, uh, you know, why, why are they in that state and you find yourself, why do you become irritated, how do you manage to control yourself being nice to people, so it's You can break your fast by, you know, obviously lying, uh, you know, and other things that make you uh, things that are not of a person of uh, uh, good character, right? Good character is a big piece of that, and that causes you to reflect on during this month uh, of that. And uh, so I talked about, and then uh, there is the uh, the charity. Right, Giving of charity. So each at the end of what is the Islamic uh, calendar, which is based on the lunar calendar, right? So that's why it's about 10 10 days shorter than the the solar calendar, is that uh, you give 2% of what you do not need. This is after you've given all your bills, whatever is left, at the end of that time phrase to give 2% of what you have to the needy right, to the needy. And, uh, and this is one of the five pillars, one of the one five of the practices. is five practices, and you can give that throughout the year. It's just not, you don't, don't have to just give it, uh, you know, at that time. You can give it, and so what you find during this month of Ramadan is a lot of people donate because you get a lot more reward. So you find a lot more fundraisers going on at this time during this you month. You get a lot more, would you say, reward? <laughs> yes, because okay. people are become a little more uh, sense more generous during this time because it's kind of a time of remembrance, you know, of what you're supposed to be doing. And then uh, there is the fifth one, which is, if you can afford it, to go do the Hajj, which is go to Mecca and Medina. And a lot of what uh, the Hajj is, involves is what uh, the Prophet Abraham, you know, uh, and uh, what uh, it, it recollection of what he went through. So.
0: Okay, so those
1: five pillars or the five
0: practices That's or kind right. of habits that if you're a good Muslim, you do those
1: things and hopefully then you become... The kind of person in, in in so in your as you progress in your life is developing the disciplines there's all those things even though i say them they're not easy to achieve right uh, and so how how so for example let's talk about charity how you spend your money right uh, because it's we view it it is god's money that he has entrusted into you okay and how you spend of it is what you'll be accountable for you know and so in that okay. light uh, uh so when we talk about uh, those five pillars, and we talk about being uh, what is defined as being a good person, so that's the tenets of the religion of uh, I, uh, the, over your overall life. But then there's being a good person. That's the decency of who you are, right? Uh, your ability to, uh, to uh, and so we, uh, the from uh, the um, I said uh, God has put us on this earth to worship him, right, and to achieve the good of this life, and and the love that he conveys to us, till the time that your time, so every, predestiny in Islam is, uh, is everything's been written through your life, of what, you know, and and you have choices, but but your destiny has been achieved, that's part of one of the beliefs, so when we talk about uh, the five pillars of Islam, then there are the, there are the seven beliefs as well, that accompany them,
0: and Uh, then Afterlife,
1: do you, do you have a heaven and a he- concept of heaven and hell. Yes, we do. there, are, there is a heaven and, and there is a hell. And so, there, in terms of life, we view it. There is the life that you have in the womb of your mother, right? This is the life that you have on Earth. There is the life that you have in the grave, and then the uh, the, the, the your, your the day of judgment. Then whether you end up in hell or hell is the li- after the afterlife. And so, and the determination of that is. Good deeds, good That's works. That's right. It's yeah. Uh, so we say we have two angels. Those the angel is recording the good you do, and the angel is recording the bad that you do. Okay, and so the so a w- ledger uh, of sorts. Yeah. So God, at the end of the day, it is God who makes that judgment. We may view somebody, okay, but it, we do not know what their internal intention is, right? And you, know, you could have a person who's really good, but it, what, what is their internal intention? So at the end of the day, we say it is God who makes that final judgment on the day of judgment on a day of judgment of where you end up. He's the final interpreter of the that, ledger. That, that's right.
0: Okay. Now, uh, the next question I was about how we're different, but you also said you want to say this is how we're the same, and then we're also going to talk about how we're different. Because one of the things I've said with all these interviews is when I invited Zahid to come, uh, he didn 't come affirming all we believe, and i didn 't invite him affirming all he believes because there are some fundamental differences significant differences in our understanding of God jesus uh, life, etc but why don 't you talk first about how you, how you see that Christianity and Islam are similar okay
1: so uh, w- uh, the Abrahamic faiths you have the, uh, Judaism, you have Christianity, and you have uh, Islam. So we have uh, up to Abraham, which is the father of the three religions, is the the prophets that uh, came along. So you have Adam, you have uh, Noah, you have Moses. All. And just to relate to you, I I brought the book here so I could read some of the names so you can relate to some of the prophets because I have a bad memory (laughs) too. Okay, so starting with Adam, you have Enoch, Noah, Saleh, Abra- uh, Abraham, we, uh, Abraham, we call it Ibrahim, uh, Ishmael, Isaac, Law, Jacob, Joseph, Job, Moses. So it kind of gives you Ezekiel, so it gives you an idea of what we A have. A lot of there.
0: names that are familiar from the Christian Old Testament. Yeah,
1: and all the way from, and then Zechariah, and then John, and then Jesus, okay. So John, so, John the Baptist, what we call John yeah, the Baptist he, would be one of your yes, prophets. Who came before Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And... Um, so uh, in Islam, uh, the uh, uh, up to the point, uh, you know, we all the, we consider all those to be the prophets of uh, God, including Muhammad, who who came after uh, Jesus about 600 years later. Okay. And so, uh, so there's a lot of that commonality of you know what was uh, the uh, the and for example the books of uh, what we call in, in, in the Quran is the the people of the book right, and the people of the book are the are the Jews and the Christians and so example the Torah what the teachings of God conveyed in the Torah, as well as what we call the uh, the uh, the Palms of David and uh, the uh, uh, um, the Gospel of Jesus included include okay. in, in those books. So now, when we come to Jesus, how how do
0: you understand that we're different in terms of our understanding of who Jesus is, his purpose, his mission, death, etc.?
1: So, would the uh, so there was one uh, when I talked about the basic one of the five basic uh, pillars of Islam, which was the Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah, which means uh, you know the belief in one God, and so the. That is the where I would say is the major difference between uh, Islam and Christianity, I guess being a ma- major tenet of uh, Christianity is that we don't – we view Jesus as a prophet and not uh, God himself or son of God.
0: And, and you explained to me too that uh, our understanding, our version of Jesus' death by the hands of the Romans – how do you understand that to happen? How does the Quran say what happened there? Because we would say that Jesus died and was resurrected. Mm-hmm. You would not say it that. Doesn't. You
1: would say what? So just to give you a little, uh, before I go into that, okay, so you have the Quran, which is we view as God's word, okay? That was God's word conveyed to the prophet Muhammad via the angel Gabriel. Okay, And then you have the practice, the practice of what the prophet uh, did and what he said, which was his own, okay? Because the Quran tells you, like, for example, the five daily prayers, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. The prophet said, this is how you ought to do it. That's what we call the sunnah. So the Quran and the sunnah go hand in hand because the Quran gives the, what we're supposed to do. The practice is what the prophet showed how to do it, okay? Okay. And so when um, uh, the... Uh, I apologize. Can you repeat? Uh, no, pain. the
0: question was just about uh, Jesus and
1: his. Oh, the Christ- Our understanding the of his that, yeah. death on the cross, right. his resurrection. what the Quran tells us uh, from this uh, is that God tells us in the Quran is that uh, He raised Jesus, uh, to, uh, so He did not before the uh, the, uh, uh, the Romans, whoever came to pick the person, uh, raised up, him. It, meaning, it, took
0: him off the uh, earth. Yes.
1: So we uh, we. Uh, Jesus for us has not died. He he was lifted up into the heaven, and that's what the Quran tells us that he was lifted up uh, into the heavens. And someone else was God placed somebody else in his place uh, to uh, to look like him uh, to, that was crucified. So Quran specifically uh, states that, and what also is that his second coming, in other words, towards the end of time, was, uh, we believe that Jesus will be coming back, and uh, this would be a time when there would be a lot of turmoil around the earth. And he will come and, and uh, help establish peace. So he at that time, he will live here, and then he will pass away on earth at that time. Yeah,
0: so you said, that, that one, thing, one thing that fascinated me when I found that out a number of years ago, talking to somebody who's Muslim, that uh, that Muhammad himself believed Jesus was going to come back to the earth. Yes. To bring peace to the earth and reign for 40 years. By
1: approximately 40 years. And
0: then years. Jesus would die, and then the day of judgment would come. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um I just I find it interesting that that even Jesus has some kind of role in Islam. That's it's quite so, a bit different than ours. But yeah.
1: he sh- So when you uh, when we uh, talk about Jesus, so in the Quran, I refer to Dr., uh, you know there's a chapter called Maryam uh, in the Quran, which specifically talks about uh, uh, Mary, uh, and we call Mary Maryam, and uh, e- Isa what we call Jesus. So there 's a chapter specific and but this the Quran is not when you read it it 's not um, it 's not, not, not a not a narrative like a storyline that you know that as you read through it 's got different parts of you and so even talking about uh, mary uh, it 's throughout the Quran different cha- uh, different parts of the Quran as well, but there 's a specific chapter that covers uh, jesus 's miraculous birth, the miracles that uh, that he performed you know raising the uh, the dead. Uh, and then there's uh, the, uh, I think the the uh, healing the lepers, healing the blind, as well as. So you, uh, the
0: Quran actually teaches of the miracles of Jesus. That, supernatural that's right. It specifically
1: covers those, um, uh, you know, the miracles that uh, that he, uh, God had empowered him with. So.
0: And didn't I think when that one part about Mary doesn't doesn't Jesus talk to Mary when Jesus is an infant? Is like, that...
1: Okay, so when, uh, when uh, so when Mary had uh, Jesus, always oh, she was worried, you know, she's going to be going back to the the village and people, you know, uh, uh, ostracizing her for having the child without a father, and. Um, so what uh, w- uh the uh, g- uh what uh, jesus had mentioned to her is that you're not to say anything i uh, you know that he uh, when you go in you're going to take a vow of silence going into and it was jesus who spoke on behalf of his mother at, as an infant to defend against uh, to others, the people to, to the people yes okay so as an infant jesus yes. spoke mm-hmm. okay okay
0: uh that's interesting now um what would you, and this is my last question, what would you want us to know about Muslims? What, 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 what do you wish Christians yeah. knew or what, what do you wish we thought differently or where do you think there's, a, you know, what, what, what would you hope that we think about you or know about you that maybe you just wish... I mean, you have an open mic here, so you tell us right. what you think okay. about it. So, obviously, you <laughs> so. know, in,
1: in uh, today's world, uh, there is uh, a lot of turmoil going on in in the uh, the Muslim world with the different nations. That, uh, in a sense, if you think they are getting their freedom from the you know the tyrants that they had, so they're going this 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 period of time and they're trying to figure themselves out. So, but I would, uh, uh, besides thinking of the media, obviously, is uh, thinking of Muslims in tar- terms of they are very common principles that you follow so you thought you know i talked about you know being a good person right and the tenets of what god has put us to be decent to each other and uh, and uh that uh as you live a life regardless of what religion that you are there are a lot of common things. So I've, I've sat through some, you know, when the Dalai Lama came and if you closed your eyes and you listened to what he had to say, you'd say, "Wow, those are very common things that we do. So if you probably sit through a lot of the religious, uh, uh, you know, de, you know denomin- uh, uh, religions, and you kind of listen, there's a lot of common. So in the same light, I would, think, I would ask you to think that in, in Islam, there's a very lot of common things that, as you practice, to be a good human being that we do the same, and that we are obliged. God asks us to love your mankind. So one of the things that God specifically mentions is wish for your brother what would you wish for yourself. In other words, you can't be a good person unless I wish for you what I would wish for myself. Treat you as I would want me to be treated. So there's a lot of love, which you know, obviously for the media, you wouldn't think that'd be the case, but anyway, they, uh, uh, those are the things that are, ta- you know, that are taught and is stressed continuously because, uh, you know, God loves us and he, you know, wants us and asks, he, uh, basically you pray, to pray to him and for, for- forgiveness for, uh, you know, so okay. that's what I'd leave you
0: with. Okay, all right. Um, as we close, do you mind if I just pray for you, uh, pray a blessing for you? So if you have, everybody just extend your right hand toward Zahid. Um God you are um God, you are most compassionate and most merciful, and so god, I ask you to bless uh, Zahid and his family uh, with your compassion and your mercy would that surround his life, his home, his family, his work, and everyone he comes in contact with and uh and most of all, God would you bless him uh with peace, would your peace be upon him? Uh, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Again, thanks to Matt and all of you. Uh, he'll, <laughs> Zahid said uh, he would. He'll stay around at the end if everyone wants to just to talk to him or uh, ask him questions or whatever. So, thank you very much, Zahid. So, um, let me. Uh, oops, that's kind of a. Um, Let me pray, and then we're going to just briefly look into God's Word today. So if you're thinking, oh, is this going to be a whole sermon? No, it's not. It's going to be a short one, so, all right. Um, God, your Word says, uh, you said this to Abraham years and years and years ago, that um, through his offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And God, we believe... um, your, the Bible teaches us that we are your offspring. And through us, would you bless the nations? Would you bless others? Um, and now, guys, we look at your word and look and see more of the teaching of Jesus. Would you give us insight? Would you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, whatever your spirit wants us to hear and see, so that we can become the kind of people who are full of the life and the goodness. And the peace and the joy that come only from you, God. We want to be those kind of people filled up with you uh, through the name of Jesus. Send me this all in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Opposites. All right. This is is like my Jeopardy category here. But they all begin with H. So tell me the opposite of this word. First one is this. Opposite of hot. Cold. That's pretty easy. All right. Next one. Opposite of humid is dry. Because this is today's weather. All right. Opposite of heavy. Light, opposite of hurry, a little more difficult. Opposite of hurry, slow, relaxed. Are we getting a little more complicated? Opposite of hurry. All right, next one. Opposite of hero, villain. Okay, so we have opposites of this, opposite of that. This next one's going to be a challenge. I just thought it out, throw it out. Opposite of hippopotamus. I had to find another H word. I'm not sure if there is an opposite there. Maybe mouse. I just wanted to find an H word. But this next one here is the word for the day. What's the opposite of hypocrite? Don't answer yet. Just think for a second. What's the opposite of a hypocrite? Again, don't answer yet. And like with hurry or hero or hot or humid, in order to consider the opposite, you have to know the qualities of the word we're talking about. So now I want you to think just for a second. When I say the word hypocrite, kind of like when Dan said jealousy, when I say the word hypocrite, what comes to mind? What words are associated with that? Now now I just want somebody people to say it out. What comes to mind when you hear the word hypocrite? False. False. Fake. What else? What's that? Inconsistent. What else? What's a hypocrite like? So what's the opposite of hypocrite? Faithful? Real? Authentic? Genuine? True? Transparent? Because none of us want to be a hypocrite, of course. But it's interesting, and in the past we're going to look at today briefly... Uh, Jesus almost exclusively was the user of this word in the New Testament. He used it 17 times, um, warning us about being like the hypocrites, which in the context he was using, he was basically talking about the religious leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the teachers of religious law. So, um, and we're going to look at that. Let's go to the next slide here. So we've been, and uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and a little beyond that, talking about the amazing teaching of Jesus. Because at the end of this sermon, the people, it said the people were amazed at his teaching because his teaching was unlike the teachers of the law they had been given. So there was something about his teaching that stirred ordinary people because it was different. All right. So this particular, go to the next one. So uh, in Matthew chapter 6, all right, this is where uh, we're going to pick it up today and just look at this briefly. Matthew chapter 6. Okay, so Jesus is teaching. The crowd he's speaking to are the what I will just call the ordinary people of his day. I mean, no different than you and I. At the same time, we know because the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the religious elite... We were keeping an eye on Jesus. So they were following him around, so to speak. And even though Jesus was speaking to this crowd of people that were average Jewish men and women and boys and girls, we can actually, uh, we, we, the sense would be off to the side or somewhere, the Pharisees were hanging around because they were trying to figure out this guy, Jesus. They were trying to catch him in something. They didn't like him. So when Jesus says this, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly. To be admired by others. Right away, if you're in that crowd, there's tension because Jesus is saying this, and the crowd are probably the ones who have the courage to are probably looking over at the Pharisees and trying to think I think he's talking about them. Are they upset? I think Jesus is creating a little bit of a situation here because he's talking about those people. And other, the, the, the way this is translated in other verses is don't do your good deeds to be seen by others, to be admired by others, to be noticed by others. In other words, don't do things so others can approve of you. Don't do things for the approval of others. Then he goes on to say this. Go to the next slide, and I'll just read the next part. But it, it centers around don't be like the hypocrites, all right? So just leave that slide up there. He says, uh, when you give to someone in need... Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity, which actually the Pharisees would do. They would call attention to their extravagant generosity. They wanted, people to, they wanted people to know they were generous. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. Uh, or in secret, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Then he goes on, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So when you give, generosity, don't be like the hypocrites who want everybody to see what they're doing. He's not saying don't give, and some people will know that you give, but he's saying don't do it to be seen. Now he says when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. So what the Pharisees would do is they would stop and pray on the street corner because they wanted people to know or to think prayer is so important to me, I can't even wait till I get to the temple. I'm going to stop right here on the street corner, get all my religious regalia on, and they probably played really loud and drew a lot of attention to themselves because what they're wanting people to know is I'm really a pious person. So Jesus is saying don't do that. Don't be like the hypocrites who prays so everybody can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they're going to ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private, again, in secret. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And then at the very end of this passage, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. Now, Zahid, tell, Zahid telling us he fasts is not like he wasn't doing that to get Notice, I ask him, but in those days when the Pharisees would fast or if people were fasting, they would look a certain way that you knew they were fasting. They would wear drab clothes. They would, I don't know, put dirt on their faces. They would look drab so you knew they were fasting, so you knew they were spiritual. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't. Don't bring attention to your own spirituality in front of others. Because what the common theme in all these is, he's saying this is what the hypocrites do when they give. This is what the hypocrites do when they pray. This is what the hypocrites do when they fast. What they do is they care more about the opinions of others than they do about what God knows. Because they're really into, and I've used this phrase before, image management. They want, they want to be seen as a good spiritual person by others. And they seemed to not care. And in some cases, they really didn't care about what God saw. And image management, and if you're like me, when I, I, remember, I remember being in college and just reading about, in the Bible about the Pharisees and thinking, these guys are knuckleheads, they're arrogant, they're proud. And then I remember a conversation with a few friends of mine where we started to realize, instead of reading the stories about the Pharisees as, boy, look at those stupid proud people, started realizing maybe we need to read ourselves into that part of the story and see how we can be that way. Because I think we all have the sense of image management, and we all want to be perceived as more spiritual than maybe we know we are. We, don't, we all say things in certain ways to make us look good. I mean, my, this is not necessarily a spiritual thing necessarily, but my wife always calls, not just my wife, other people call Facebook sometimes fake book because it's a way to kind of get the perception about how, how good your life is going when maybe in reality it's not. And my wife was telling me this week she saw somebody who's wrote, wrote in Facebook, my kids were just fighting, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and people, that's the way it is. Kind of like, I'm gonna tell you the real, this is the real deal. And to some degree, we all know how there's ways in which we want to appear different than what we know we are spiritually. People ask us how things are going. People wanna know things about our lives We're not always, some of the words we're used, with, we're not always as transparent, as real, or as honest as we know we ought to be. Because for some reason, it matters to us, it matters to me, more than I wish it did. It matters to me what you think about me. And it matters to us what we think about each other. And Jesus is saying, stop playing that game. Your, your job is not to impress other people with your spirituality. I, I remember uh, years ago, early when I was uh, in ministry, I was preaching a sermon. This is I don't know, 20 years ago. And I remember about halfway through the sermon, a few of you may have actually been there. It was in another church in town. Halfway through the sermon, having this intense feeling of, I'm not doing a very good job. I'm not impressing these people and I actually stopped the sermon. I, this is one of those sermons where I wish I would have been a trap door on the stage. Every, every pastor knows what I'm talking about with this. I stopped the sermon, and I said, you know, I'm going to stop right now because I'm sensing I care more about what you're thinking about me right now than, what's, than what you're learning about God. And I, just, and I just kind of rambled for the next ten minutes about how I felt like I was being fake up there. Somebody told me later it was the best sermon I ever preached. Um but we all, we all know that pressure of if somebody says, how's it going, or you know, how's your life with God, we, or just, we, we figured out ways to look good to other people. So here's two questions I'm going to put up there. Here's one question i want to ask. I want you to think about yourself. How are you like the hypocrites? Because Jesus keeps saying, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. Don't do things to get approval from other people, especially in terms of religious approval. How are you like them? How am I like them? Are there times where being vulnerable or open or transparent about your life is the last thing you want to do because you're concerned that someone may think negatively about you? Even though it may be true, but telling the truth is less important than their opinion of you because you really want them to still think you have it all together, even though you know deep in your heart your life is falling apart. You just don't want people to think that. Or when people ask you certain questions or do you, if certain ways you say things, are there ways in which you're no different than the hypocrites that Jesus talked about? And the point Jesus is making here is not to make us all feel bad. What he's try, the point he's making is you can be free of that kind of life. You don't have to live in this game of trying to impress other people. You don't have to live in that game anymore. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like uh, when we were all in junior high. Junior high especially is when you start playing that game of who's in what social sphere and you want to know what part of the ladder you're on. And In junior high especially, you don't want to spend any time with the kids on the lower end of the social sphere because you don't want to be labeled like them as being a loser. So you hang out with the – we play that same junior high game as adults with our spirituality. We kind of – we don't – we're trying to figure out how to posture ourselves as part of the better group. And it's a game that Jesus would not play, did not play. And he's telling all of us, you don't have to play that game. Because the game is not, that's not the game. The the important thing is what does God think about you? And here's the other question I want you to ask this week. Sometime this week, you're driving in a car by yourself. You're sitting in your uh, room by yourself. You're laying awake at night. Ask God the question, God, what do you think of me? And you may not hear a booming voice back, but I would still encourage you to listen. Because we're so concerned about, okay, what, is, what does Alan think of me? What does Dan think of me? What are the, we're so concerned about that. And what Jesus is saying, no, the right question is, God, what do you think about me? And I think sometimes we think God's going to say to us, you're a loser or whatever. Because we, we, that's our perception of God. God's come here to show us what we're messing up change your thought about God because what we do know is we can become the kind of people who God, who God approves of through the spirit of Jesus inside of us and there's times where God tells his people how much he loves them and how much their identity and their worth and their value is simply because he loves you not because you're impressive to him but he loves you. Uh, the passage on the next slide here. Um, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That passage and all it represents frees you from the game of impressing other people. Because God's basically saying, I love you. And there's all the passages of scripture where, Jesus, where God says he sings over us in song. He loves his people. And that is where we find our identity. And again, so I'm not... The, the question of asking God, God, what do you think about me? Um, plant that somewhere in your memory. And when you're, like I said, when you're alone sometime this week, I'm gonna, my hope and my prayer will be that God brings that to your mind to ask him. Because the more you ask that question of God, God, how am I doing? God, what do you think about me? God, what do you want me to do next? God, asking God those questions will free you from, the, the, the heavy burden of winning at this game. So start asking the right question and stop cons- being concerned about the, the question of how am I impressing other people? Um, let's pray. God, we are... Uh,